2: Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show is brought to you by the Forever Dog Podcast Network. Check out more original comedy podcasts at ForeverDogPodcasts.com. And come see Kevin record live at the Nerd Melt Showroom in Los Angeles on February 16th with special guests Scott Thompson from the Kids in the Hall and musical guests Jesse Valenzuela from the Gin Blossoms. Kevin will also be headlining New York City Podfest 2017, recording live at the Bell House in Brooklyn on April 8th with special guest Mike Myers. Tickets for both shows are on sale now at foreverdogpodcasts.com. And now, recorded live at Piano Fight Bar in San Francisco as part of the 16th annual San Francisco Sketch Fest, it's episode four of Kevin McDonald's Kevin McDonald Show with Michael Showalter as the announcer. Special guests, Dave Foley, and musical guests, John Roderick and Craig Northey. On with the show.
3: Thank you. Thank you very much. I am the announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for the show? Yeah. And for some announcing? I will be announcing all night. I will announce lots of things, like this. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a big hand for the older gentleman in row three, seat number two. Stand up, sir. Stand up, you have just been announced. Okay, sit down. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, thank you. And now, without any further ado, are you ready to start the show? Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big hand for a sketch comedian from the iconic comedy troupe, The Kids in a Room, Mr. Kevin McDonald.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. And, and thank you very much uh, for announcing, Mr. Announcer. Thank you. Well, hey, as long as the check doesn't bounce. <laughs> it might. Uh, well, I guess I better start the show. Um, uh, I'm ready.
3: We, 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 do you want to talk for a second? Oh, did I? I didn't say uh, that thing.
0: It's just, uh, all you have to say is, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin McDonald.
3: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, Kevin McDonald.
0: Thank you. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> you didn't have to say it. Why did I make you say it? I feel bad. Hello, San Francisco. I'm saying I
3: didn't say the thing about the leprosy convention, but that's okay.
0: Oh, who cares? I'll I'll use it in
3: another podcast. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The announcer, thank you very much. Oh, Oh, does it? Yeah. (laughs) We're not going to edit this out later. Thank you! Thank you. Hello, San Francisco. I love you, San Francisco. And before I do anything else, I want to apologize. I apologize. I am very sorry, San Francisco. I am sorry to you for many, many things. Here I go. I apologize to Jerry Garcia For liking punk and new wave Beatles and Beach Boys And thinking he was boring and ending up ignoring all his music that I now know is great. But it's too late. I apologize to say hey Willie Mays for not cheering for the Giants and remaining quite defiant. In my solitary motto, always cheering for Toronto, Willie's the best center fielder that ever played. But he's no Blue Jay, and I apologize. Will you forgive me, San Francisco? Because I don't live inside you. From LA, I can never find you. Though that probably says more about my driving ability. Than it does about you. Sin. sin, 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 Francisco. I apologize to the Hells Angels that I always hide from their choppers as they ride. And the drugs that they sell and flaunt reminds me about Amont. I don't blame them. I also don't blame Mick, but he's a prig, though no hell's angel. I apologize to the earthquake of 89. You brought down houses and walls. Your fault line was probably my fault. And I feel brokenhearted because I said good luck when you started. I got you confused with the gold rush of 89. 1889. And I apologize. Please do not hate me, San Francisco. I've always liked your peers. Alcatraz just cages fear Sam Spade the private dick Would support Colin Kaepernick And I've always enjoyed
1: the motion picture vertigo Films in San Francisco Though it's sad in the end
0: Sam San Francisco, I love you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I know I should have done that song. It wasn't a funny song that much. It's hard to make rhymes, uh, make jokes rhyme. It's very hard. But I like that there's a key change, so I did it. Thank you very much. Yes, San Francisco, I love you. I love you and I apologize. I'm sorry, San Francisco. I'm sorry. I apologize uh, for not living here. Everyone should live here. I don't have the guts to live here. Uh, Though I've been here a lot, um, two true stories are coming up. You can tell they're true because they're not funny. (laughs) Uh, When I was a kid in the late 60s, my family came here for a vacation. Uh, And this is true. The Hell's Angels hit on my mother. (laughs) And she was interested. (laughs) True disturbing story. Um, They were circling our car in their motorcycles, screaming to my father, Give us your old lady, we'll let you live! (laughs) Um, My father said, Ignore them, ignore them! And my mother was like, oh, just let me off at the corner, Hamilton. I'll be back in 45 minutes. <laughs> what? Uh, I think my mother thought they were sexy. Uh, she said, uh, look, Hamilton, Hamilton's the name of my father, uh, look, Hamilton, if I have to give Sonny Barger a head while riding on his chopper for the sake of the family, then I have to give Sonny Barger a head while riding on his chopper for the sake of the family. You go to work from 9 to 5 every day selling dental equipment, and I give head to angels topless on a motorcycle. Same thing. I have as much right to work as you do, sexist. It was the feminist 60s. <laughs> what a terrible thing to say about my mother. It's okay, she's dead, we're good. <laughs> one more true story, you can tell because it's less funny than the first one I just said. In the mid 90s, I was also in San Francisco uh, with the kids in the hall on tour. Um, it was a van tour because we weren't big enough yet to do what we, uh, what we do now, get an expensive tour bus that we can't afford, uh, thus ensuring that we don't make any money in our tours. We made more money when we didn't make money. Uh, now that we make money, we don't make any money. <laughs> Anywho, um, on this tour in the 90s, uh, Scott g- uh, got obsessed throughout the whole tour with reading our reviews in the van on the day after the show. Every morning as we drove to the next town, he would spread out a newspaper covering half of the van. You couldn't see little Bruce. <laughs> and then he'd read our glowing reviews out loud to everyone. But. On this morning, after the San Francisco show, when we were driving to the next town, uh, we piled in the van, and Scott wouldn't read the review for some reason. Uh, and I said to him, and I was sort of making fun of him, um, Why aren't you reading the review, Scott? Uh, I don't want to read the, view, uh, the review this morning, Kevin. But you always read the review, Scott. Uh, I'm not going to read the review today, Kevin. Uh, oh, come on! We could not enjoy the day if you didn't read the review. Uh, no. Please, read the review, Scott. Please, please. Then he turned to me, gave me a serious look and said, Kevin, you really don't want me to read the review. (laughs) Tapping into my worst instincts and not understanding even a tiny bit of what he was trying to tell me, I said, read the review, Scott. Be a man and read the review. We demanded, read the review. Scott said, okay. He takes out the newspaper and starts reading. And the review went like this. This is the part that I remember. And the four talented kids in the hall <laughs> tried their best to salvage the evening, but the whole show was sunk by the doofus mugging of Kevin McDonald. <laughs> doofus mugging? That happens when a half went inbred mugs. Back to the review. Kevin McDonald makes Rip Taylor look like no coward. In fact, the performance of Kevin McDonald, and this critic realizes he might get arrested by the police for writing performance in Kevin McDonald in the same sentence, made everyone in the audience willing to do anything to get him to stop, including shoving three or four pairs up their own asses. True story. Scott stopped reading the reviews. Everyone got quiet and looked down at their feet. I looked out the window and said, nice day, not too cloudy. And of course I was called doofus mugger for the next eight years. But I love San Francisco. I really love it. Um, Doofus Mugger. Uh, Yes, announcer? Are you done? Yes, I am, announcer. Thank you very much for asking.
3: That's the whole opening monologues about your times (laughs) in San Francisco? I only had two
0: times. Uh, Didn't you like it, announcer? Uh, uh, I loved it. Thank you very much. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) You know what, announcer? I think it's time for the sketch.
3: Yes, it is time for the sketch. (laughs) that's what I thought. (laughs) Right, right. And now for the sketch. We here at Kevin McDonald's show are very excited to, to present to the world what is certain to become sketch comedy's newest hit character. From the comedy mind of the one and only Dave Foley, who brought you such hit characters as the crying guy, the sarcastic guy, and the I think I might have shingles guy, we are so happy to present what will inevitably be the first of many sketches for Dave Foley's new hit character. Ladies and gentlemen, allow us to introduce to you the Is This Guy Kidding Guy? of a house where a meter reader played by the technically proficient sketch comedian Kevin McDonald (laughs) knocks knocks on the door.
0: Hello, meter reader. I'm here to read your meter. I'm the meter reader. My job rhymes. (laughs) The door opens and we see the owner of the house, Played by
3: sketch comedy god, Mr. David Foley.
4: Hi, can I help you?
3: Stop, stop right now. You call that applause? Dave friggin' Foley of Celebrity Poker just entered.
0: Thank you. Continue the sketch.
4: Hi, can I help you?
0: Yes, I'm the meter reader, and, um... Hey,
4: your job rhymes!
0: Yes, Uh, and I'm here to read your meter.
4: Oh, read my meter? Yes. Oh. Are you here to read my meter? Or to come into my house, knock me out, tie me up, throw me in a pit, and eventually kill and skin me? We
3: hear the meter reader's
4: thoughts.
0: Is this guy kidding?
4: Because that would be a drag. He is kidding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah,
0: that would be a drag.
3: He talks out loud. Oh, I, that
0: yes. Yeah, that would be a drag. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: seriously, how do I know you're a meter reader and not a crazy man who's come to skin me alive because you know how much I've taken care of my skin over the past 40 years with various Clinique products? Every morning for 40 years, I've put on a cucumber mask, and it shows, of course. It shows, yes. So why wouldn't you want to wear my skin? Why wouldn't you? We hear the meter reader's thoughts.
0: Is this
3: guy kidding? Out loud.
0: Um, No, I'm just here to read your meter. It's my job.
4: That rhymes. (laughs) Well, then by all means, come right in. Try to ignore my glowing skin. (laughs) Kevin. Kevin's
0: thoughts. He is kidding. He's kidding.
3: They go to where the meter is.
0: I'll just take a few seconds and I'll be out of your hair.
3: The reader works in silence for a few quiet moments.
0: (laughs) Nice day.
4: Yes, yes, very nice day. Very nice day for lying about being a meter reader when you really want to kill and skin a man with beautiful cucumber scented skin.
0: Kevin's thoughts. Is this guy kidding? If so, he's very good.
4: After a nervous pause, Dave smiles. And for taking a nice walk outside. It's a nice day for that, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he is
0: kidding. He's kidding. He's very, very good. He's very, very good at kidding. He's very good. Kevin continues working.
4: Dave keeps staring at him. it's finished. Oh, no rush. It's nice to have company. I only asked that earlier because I once had a meter reader come into my house, knock me out. Chop off the heads of my two cousins, wake me up, compliment me on my skin, and leave.
0: I have no idea if this guy is kidding or not.
4: (laughs) So, don't go chopping my head off, huh? (laughs) That would ruin my day. He's kidding. He's kidding. He's just kidding. He's kidding. I know he's kidding. He's kidding. (laughs) Because it was the worst day of my life. I'll never forget the sight of my cousins dead on the floor. Blood everywhere.
0: They only had...
4: They'd only stopped off here on their way to work to borrow some of my skin products. He's not kidding. So don't accidentally cut yourself. As you can tell, I hate the sight of blood. Kidding. He's
0: kidding. <laughs> he's definitely kidding.
4: My poor headless cousin. Maybe he's not kidding.
0: <laughs> well, I'm all done. Um, thanks for your trouble. Have a nice day.
3: Puts away his stuff, looks up, and sees that the owner of the house is gone.
0: This is him kidding. Pretending to disappear. Of course he's kidding. Excellent kidding. Well, goodbye, sir. It was fine. It was fun kidding with you. The
3: house owner suddenly comes running out of nowhere and hits the meter reader in the head with a pipe. You skid-obsessed
4: bastard! Oh, he's not kidding! Would you like a sandwich? He's kidding! Hits him with the pipe again. Oh, he's not kidding! My chicken salad won an award. He's
3: kidding! Hits him with the pipe. Oh! he's not kidding! From behind his back the house owner presents a tray of chicken salad sandwiches. Ta-da! Kidding! Hits some with a pipe. Not kidding! And this goes on for 27 more minutes because who wouldn't want this sketch with this great new character to go on and on? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Is This Guy Kidding guy?
0: Yeah. Yay! Thank you. Good sketch, Dave. Thank, Thank you. Thank you.
4: Thank you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Dave and I will walk to the chair. It'll take us uh, 45 minutes to the table chair. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to interview each other, sort of.
4: A little walking music. A little walking (laughs) music.
1: And
3: now, to quicken the pace up a bit and keep things moving in an inciting manner, we are going to have. Kevin Mc, is that right? That's later, <laughs> don't worry is about it. it? Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs>
4: <laughs> we never rehearsed, I'm sorry. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. He's not just talking about the show, he's talking about an entire 30 year career. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, I mean Dave and I. Yeah. <laughs> we never rehearsed. as we'll show now. Uh, I think it's odd to interview uh, someone I know so well.
4: Yes, you probably know me better than anyone on earth. Yes, probably. Yeah, yes,
0: probably. probably. That means you know me better than anyone on earth. I say that to my wife all the time. If you were Dave, you wouldn't be mad at me. You'd <laughs> it's understand.
4: True. <laughs> it's true. It's true, actually. And <laughs> oddly enough, I'm always mad at you. Yes, yeah, no, but he yeah. understands
0: why. Yeah. So, what we thought is maybe we start things up. What if I went up there uh, like a host of a TV show? And uh, Does anyone have any questions for Dave Foley? Or, or both or, uh, of us Or Dave Foley and Kevin McDonald have uh, questions? Any questions? Kids in the hall? No one has a question. I'm going to go up. Someone will think
4: of a question. There we go. Come on.
0: <laughs> Any question? Yes! I see a hand. I don't know if the mic. Fit. Come on down. I, the, we're just making this up. The mic uh, core hey, doesn't fit. Why don't I get the
3: questions?
4: Oh, that's it. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go.
0: Thank you very much.
4: Big round for the announcer. The announcer. Come on. Give Thanks. it up. Oh no, that's I'm the announcer. Thank you. That's Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm. Hello, sir. What's your name and what's your
1: question? Yeah,
3: Just... still,
1: uh... <laughs> I'm Guillermo, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out who's the name of that rapper that was in Stand in the New Style.
3: Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary MD Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up, and listening through your app.
4: That's a good question. Oh, it was a Canadian oh, guy. a Canadian, a young guy. It was a young Mark guy found who, him. who
0: was going to make it, but he never made it.
4: Uh-huh. That's, that sketch may have had a lot to do with it. He and really, that sketch killed it. He him. had a bright future. He had a bright future, and we killed it. Uh,
0: and uh, Mark McKinney wrote it. And when I first heard the, uh, read the sketch, I said to Dave, I don't understand it. But later, when I saw the sketch, I turned to Dave and said, I don't understand it.
4: Yeah. And I had to explain to him, oh, it's just one of those things that Mark forced us to do.
0: <laughs> yes. Sometimes the, there were five kids in the hall, but sometimes when there was uh, it was four against one, and Mark was the one. It was like a draw. Yeah. Mark was very
4: good. Like that was that people. was on a good day for the four of us. That was on
0: a good day for the four <laughs> of us. So I'm sorry we don't remember, but I remember what he looks like, and he was an up and coming uh, rapper, and I'm sure he's uh, having a good life.
4: A mm-hmm.
3: lot of uh, uh, great rap rap groups coming out of came out of Canada. Uh, Yes. That guy, Snowy Man.
4: Snow
0: Snow is good. uh, What was his hit?
4: Uh, Oh, little snowbird, take me with you when you go. And and, and Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors. Dream Warriors, they were dating, yes. Any other questions? uh, That was a young guy. uh, uh, Informer. The snow song. -er. Informer. Maestro Fresh West.
0: Maestro Fresh West, that public enemy thanked on their liner notes for being so
4: good. Yeah. And uh, here good I want to say, Ann, I want to say, Marie and, 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 yeah. <laughs> because
0: yeah. there's gonna be another question. Yeah, who else
4: has a question? Chilliwack. Chilliwack. that's a great rapper.
0: Yeah, great rapper. Oh, there's and someone way the, up there, I think. Somebody up, but you can't go this all the way up nice there. there. Hey, come, come down here. Come, come down, down here. come down to Please announcer. Come over
4: here. Do you need some walking music? Uh, I can't. The mic won't come Boom, this far. Oh, maybe, yeah. it ba-dum, ba-dum. maybe it will. Maybe it will. Maybe it will. Maybe. Let's go. What's happening? Let's see. Mmm. Here we go. Oh, this hold on. Yeah, yeah. This is the best yeah, okay. podcast ever. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, up there. Wait, oh, this uh, one. There we go. And then this. Do we need this still? <laughs> I've got a really there. important question to ask you guys.
1: This ought really be an amazing need question. To hurry yes. Up. Yes. I know this is a comedy show and all, but this is serious. Yes. I need a man, someone who can shrink a man's head. Do you know a man? Man <laughs> who can shrink a man's head. <laughs> <laughs> or let me put a finer point on: it. crush his head.
4: Uh, oh, oh, that's that relates. Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's nobody else asking questions. I was gonna
4: send you to a travel agent for tickets to Papua New Guinea. <laughs> Thank you, sir.
1: <laughs> Papua New Guinea. Do uh,
0: you want to know something about the head crusher or something?
1: I need someone to crush a man's head. Oh.
0: oh, I see. And we're those of you that can't
3: see this, this man has his left arm on my shoulder, and it's super weird.
0: All right. <laughs> we'll be relaxed with him. He won't hurt you. We He's promise. He's big him.
3: and maybe drunk or or something. All right.
0: All right. Uh, he, he won't hurt you. He said probably
3: both. He doesn't yeah. even know.
0: Yes, we'll get the head crusher to meet you in the alley behind yeah. the he theater. He still
3: has his arm on my shoulder. I'm
4: trying. I'm okay. trying an answer. Does anyone bigger have a question they'd like to ask? Uh, yes. That's good. Anyone stronger than the current questioner? Anyone who might be able to subdue the current questioner have a question? Can podcasts get canceled? Hmm? I don't know.
0: Do uh, you have a question? Any? Qu- yeah, question. Huh? Did you raise your hand? I
4: did not. I was trying to see what was happening.
0: He, oh, walked. I like he walked away. I'll the man walked up. away.
4: You uh, can't see it. Wow. This, only... is, this
0: is way more fun than I thought it would be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, one question. Hey, where are you from? Oh, here's a. Yes. What, what are your spirit animals? Love that animals? town. What, what do you think are your spirit animals? I know my spirit
4: animal. Oh, you probably do, you freak. Yes.
0: <laughs> and it sounds like I'm saying a bad joke, but it's a squirrel. <laughs> it's, it really is.
4: Uh-huh. David, you, what, uh huh. Dave and what can I ask you about this? Can I? What makes the spirit animal your? What makes the squirrel your spirit animal? I forget. Uh, the I forget how you got a spirit animal. He was. Uh, J- his
0: Oops. name was Joe Penner. He was an uh, ex uh, disco saxophonist, and he was uh he was puncturing me to get rid of my asthma. Uh,
4: okay, so far <laughs> none of this is true.
0: <laughs> this is the true part. Uh, no, I'm
4: trying to help you here. None of this is true.
2: <laughs> and he and said.
0: Can I- he said, uh, when I because he let yeah. me alone for 45 minutes. So the, the jazz saxophonist yes. acupuncturist. Yes, with the perm. Oh. Um, oh. With the perm? Yes. He, oh. came, he said That
4: lends I, credibility.
0: <laughs> he said, when I came in the room, I saw the squirrel leaving your body. Really?
4: <laughs> yes. Are you sure that's your spirit animal and it wasn't an actual squirrel, squirrel vacating your body? It sounds like Jerry
3: Pinnacoli, if I, people know yes. this.
0: Uh, he's also my spirit animal. Yeah. All right. Uh, this, I'm spirit not gonna give up. There's gonna be some more questions. Come on. Yes.
4: Clearly, they don't have to make Wait sense. Wait for Mike.
0: Yes. <laughs> but if one did make sense, that would be wonderful. Okay. Um, I'm a die-hard Kids in the Hall fan, by the way, okay. since I was a kid. Um, okay. What were your
2: favorite characters to do individually? Um, uh, the oh, honest ones. Those are real questions.
4: I love the uh, dip my balls in it character. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we do hear that a lot. Hey now, hey now. Hey now. No, no. We—he's uh, this is actually based on truth. We hear that a lot.
4: I had a guy get really mad at me on an airplane because I kept telling him I didn't do it. Dip my balls in it. Bit. I kept saying I didn't. I think it was the state. I kept saying, and he kept saying it was you. <laughs> <laughs> this is an eight-hour flight. You will admit it was you. I have a yes. Up. All right. Uh huh.
2: No, Jones. Oh, and you guys no. have never done them live. Talk a bit about that, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> so I would
4: like, to S- Francesca Fiore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now how was
0: it? Did uh, did Scott write his character, and then you thought Scott? of yours? I, I think
4: Scott and Paul Bellini wrote some, wrote, a, wrote a sketch, uh, and they had a. T- He's a giggling d- at the name Paul Bellini. It's a real name. <laughs> it's a real name for a fake person. Yes. Well, uh, oh, Paul's fake. Totally fake. <laughs> no man can really look like that. But the names are. Uh, yeah, we built, we built, we built Paul in a lab. <laughs> uh, but Scott and Paul wrote the first one. With uh, I guess the first one was the spy movie. No. Right. The, uh, but Bruno was in it, right? The, oh, that's the one where we're, we're we're talking in a bar about a movie, and it's the yes. European that movie. That was great. Who directed that? That was Steven Sergik. Stephen Sergey, who directed
0: X Files. That's interesting.
4: And it was they, so they had written a version of it, and then I came in and I rewrote it with them. That's it! And, uh, but the character Bruno Punce Jones was a product of very poor typing, which was what Paul was originally hired to do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they, it was a typo. I don't, I forget what name they were trying to type, but it came out as Bruno, Bruno Punce Jones. Which is
0: a brilliant name. Uh, yeah. th- now, Paul. That's was, one of my favorite characters to play. Paul was yeah. Sorta of Scott's writing partner. Yes. Uh, and uh, I remember how they wrote. Uh, we, ought, we had cubicles. We, we couldn't afford, like, offices. And uh, th- they, w- they would be writing. And it was sort of more like Scott dictating to Paul a little bit. Yeah. You know, Paul had great ideas. And then you, there'd be a waft of marijuana smoke over the cubicle. Mm-hmm. And then you would hear um, uh, Scott say an idea for Paul to write down. There'd be a pause. then you'd hear Paul say, uh, No, Thompson. I'm not going to write that. <laughs> <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> story and with, yeah. oh yeah Scott would always say oh yeah Paul well, you're fat you're fat <laughs> fat, fat fat in a towel you're towel fat and that's how they wrote yeah. together Yeah. and to be fair
4: both of them were correct
0: yes <laughs>
4: it was shit <laughs> <And> <laughs> it was shit and, and Paul Paul is fat Paul Paul's is fat Paul's a <laughs> fat man
0: you know? Uh, no one's giving me the sign, so there's got to be more questions. But mm-hmm. that was
4: good. That was a good, like, uh, wait. There's a question. There's a question.
0: I, oh, yeah, you talk
4: about the over here. There's goes. a question over here. Oh, there Sorry. is? Where? No, go ahead. You were going to. We're totally blind because this is the brightest fucking light on earth.
0: <laughs> Has the podcast been canceled yet? This is the. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, mic's being passed. Oh, yeah, podcast audience, the mic's being passed. I
4: should. All talk right, okay.
2: Hi, quick question from kids in the hall. Um, what? From the kids
4: in the hall? About the kids in the hall. Mark! The kid? Mark! Mark, get <laughs> out <of> here! <laughs> yeah. Mark! Uh,
2: you two were in a sketch with the... trying to remember the name of a movie and it was Citizen Kane. I don't yes. think so. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> ah! Ah! Ah!
4: No, it really wasn't.
2: Uh, I just wanted to know who wrote the sketch.
4: Uh, Kevin and I wrote that sketch. He's being very charitable. We were next to
0: each other, and I was in front of him. Um, we were, I and think Scott we, was at the table. Scott was there. Yeah, Scott was there. We were ignoring him. We were at a donut store across no, the street select from where sandwich. you and I, select I live. Select sandwich. I always say donut store, but it was select sandwich. The donut store was down the street that way. Yeah, yeah. select <laughs> sandwich was right over here. Right here. Right house, across we from we the lived, apartments across, we lived in. Like the monkeys, Bruce and Dave and I lived almost together. In yeah,
4: our, I lived here. Uh, Bruce lived above me with a team of trained cockroaches. <laughs> and... Kevin lived over here with what I'm going to call your girlfriend. Yes. Uh.
0: (laughs) Every now and then she was. Yeah. Uh. (laughs) And we, now I forget, did we actually have a similar argument? I know you were the one that said the magic words, that could be a sketch. Um, Did you just think of it yourself, or did we have an argument first? I I, think we
4: were sitting there thinking about it. uh, We were trying to come up with sketch ideas. I forget how we actually started, but I I do know that it's a fact that it took about exactly the same amount of time to write the sketch as it does to perform it.
0: Yes. Uh, Dave, once Dave got the idea, we just started, um, this is comedy talk I'm about to say, we started spritzing uh, and then we sort of acted out what is exactly almost sort of the scene. Uh, And and we
4: apologize for the Yiddish if there are any anti-Semites in the room.
0: (laughs) Sorry, sorry. (laughs) And also, do you remember this? This was also the same day that uh, Scott and I, Sadly, we ignored you for a second, and we wrote a scene called Naysayer. Yes, I do remember that. Naysayer is the only scene that we shot for the TV show uh, that, we, that was so bad, um, we never you never saw it. Well, uh, not, th-
4: not only that. We always did two oh, shows. Right. We did two performances of this material. We did an early show and a late show. It's the only sketch that we did in the early show, and then just said, "Nah, no, no, we're not doing it. Ag- no, it's not in the late show.
0: It took place in medieval times. Um... <laughs> uh, You were a king. There Uh, was a a king. Scott was a king. No, there was a king. I forget. uh, You or Mark was the king. I forget. And uh, he would uh, say, "I have a problem. Bring in the wise one. Bring in the naysayer." Oh, maybe
4: I was the king. Yes. You
0: were the king. And then he was dressed as a. What fruit was he dressed? I was a giant tomato. He he was some giant orange or something. And they carried him in. And the king said the problem. Remember, I'm telling you, this is the worst sketch ever. (laughs) And and he would say, uh, he said to the naysayer, "Is that a good idea?" And here's the joke. The naysayer said, "No." No, oh it's not a good And then the king said, I'm not satisfied. Bring in the yes man. Then yeah. they carried me in, and I was dressed as a giant tomato. Um, and they said, Do you think it's a good idea? And I said, Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. And that was the sketch. <laughs> True, awful story. <laughs> Uh, also, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to end this. Uh, the announcer is actually being played by the uh, brilliant Michael Showalter from the state. Are there any questions? For Michael but Showalter! Says, we like we started like the same time, even though we're way older than them. Um, we uh, we were on TV at the same time. Yes.
4: Yes. Michael, I have a question. Well, that came a lot quicker for Michael. <laughs> we had to beg a lot a locker, longer. A yeah.
1: The announcer, I have a question. Um, so, my f- my friend just moved here. Uh, we're from North Dakota, and we just spent the last two hours drinking beer and talking about how weird it is to go back to North Dakota after living here for a few years. Uh, do you have any good stories after moving to L.A., and then what it's like to go back home?
4: That's for Michael, right? <laughs> That's sort
0: of a question. Does, does no, that no, make sense? you're not
3: asking that to me. No, he's definitely not asking that I, was, a
4: Mi- I was definitely no, we, a Michael Showalter question. To, no,
3: this is the kids in the hall... Uh, crowd here no it was
4: a michael Showalter question wasn't it no oh so, well a- anyone who wants answers. answer well, no I one wants know, to answer are, it. You, guys
3: <laughs> from, are <laughs> you guys from are you guys from nobody pretty, wants that that was pretty clear <laughs> yeah nobody
4: wants answers.
0: <laughs> a question from michael Showalter of the you, state you can never
3: go home
4: yeah yeah that's a good answer once yeah you, once well, you leave you can never really go home. well actually you can now because the gps oh that's true yeah that's true that's true that could book you, would not be written now Yeah.
0: Uh, Michael, uh, did you guys in the state ever talk about us ever when your show was on? Oh yeah, all the, really? all the time. Really?
3: Of course, of course.
0: Did you say bad things?
3: Would you like the answer to be yes? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we
4: did. We Thank did. you very much. Uh, you
0: yeah, know what? We, we never saw you guys that much because I wasn't on in Canada.
4: We didn't get uh, MTV in Canada.
0: Yes, so uh, I we saw you.
3: I, in, like, no, then? I was a big, uh, I was a big Kids in the Hall fan.
0: Oh, thank yeah. you, remember? Yeah, yeah. We? Now, now, not so much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so much. After tonight, I know. Then maybe we'll bring it back at the end, but uh, maybe not. Um, we always were obsessed um, uh, that there were, um, I'm about to exaggerate, con- that there were 35 of you guys. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. How did that happen? We were just a big group. We, you mean, how were there so many of
0: yeah, us? Yeah, how were there so many of you? It just... Were you really like a whole theater class? Like, is that true? No,
3: no. We were a sketch group. We were a sketch troupe that started in college, and uh, we just—it was. That's the the members that. Uh,
4: c- that's why you're younger than us. You, you were college. Ask, ask the
3: other guy. He's here.
4: Yeah. Oh yeah. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Michael. Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. A big round of applause for a man who's hiding in the wings. Yes. <laughs> Michael Ian Black. Yes. He probably won't come out, but he's there. Come
3: on. Mm. come on. Come on, you loser.
4: Come on out. Come on, you loser.
3: He doesn't want to do it. He doesn't want to do no. it. How did you guys no, get we, it? How we, we loved to, no, we loved it. We, we, you know, we, you guys thing. were Br- like Bruce the cool... Bruce
4: McCullough's back there, and he really wants to come out, but we won't let him. We, we'll <laughs> let him. Well,
3: yeah, but so you know what? And and then do you remember? Obviously, you know the vacant lot,
4: right? Yes, of yes. course.
3: So we were uh, we were we were at MTV, and I believe the vacant lot was also uh, doing something at MTV. Yes, they that, were in their That show. was a little more contentious because yeah. that was a sort of a turf war. Well, you right. know,
4: Paul Paul Greenberg of uh, the vacant yes. lot, his widow is I, here tonight. Yes, yes, uh, Jackie I, Harris. He's not dead, I but was, she's still
3: a widow. I was what? complimenting her before the show.
4: Yes. yes.
0: Uh, oh that's interesting a turf for how did college kids get a TV show we were like uh, we signed
3: up we just signed up for it yeah. oh it was like an elective it was, yes <laughs> we, just, we just signed up for it
0: alright yeah. uh, even though there's no harp to tell me it's over can we have one last brilliant question to any three of us uh, one um, uh, or all or Michael Black
3: Michael
4: Black yeah. or, is or Michael, Michael Ian Black Bl- who, uh, I, if you have a question for oh. Michael Ian Black I will go over get the answer and bring it back oh that's
1: good if you, uh, yeah. you know, I think I see
0: someone raise their hand yes
1: um, this is for Kevin.
4: Yes. Oh, well, fine.
1: I w- <laughs>
4: <laughs> Don't go. Don't be mad.
1: Um, I was wondering how many things were on your list today to do, and did you do all of them?
0: You know what? I have a list right here, and now it's on my cell
4: phone. <laughs> because that sketch is true.
0: <laughs> I had nine things on my list today, and I did all nine, but just before the show, I added three. And some, I'm so obsessed. I love the crossing off of my uh, things to do list. That, that sometimes when I do something that's not on my list, um, I uh, I put it, I write it out on my list, and I cross it off right away. <laughs> True story. Am I a Virgo? No. I had to think. I'm a, I'm a Taurus.
4: Yeah. But with that's they're both first right? signs, What's, huh? What's your
0: birthday? What's uh, your birthday? May 16th. Oh. Okay. 1846. Okay. May 16th. <laughs> 18- does it does uh, I know I should give up. But does anyone have one last question? Though no, that was a good one. Yes. See, I feel question. Like now, there's a bunch.
3: Yes. I feel like there's now there's a bunch. This going is the whole
4: podcast. Up. We're
0: turning it around. I'm lying to myself. Mm. What
4: was the question?
2: Sorry, I'm getting the mic.
4: Okay, don't yell at me. Hi.
2: Uh, <laughs> I used to uh, work out at the same gym as Bruce McCullough. Oh. And I hear that a lot. And I. <laughs> He goes I've to a se- lot of gyms. I've seen him. I've seen him naked,
4: and uh, I was yeah. wondering if you guys have ever seen each other naked in *Kids of the Hall*. You know, which, which uh,
2: one of you have seen who,
4: and some details on that thing. Well, I think I'm. We pee
0: together all the time.
4: Uh, you and Bruce do? Uh,
0: no, not no, you, but you the four. Scott. The you four of us. The four of us. Even Mark. I never did. No, you, uh, never, no, did. you never, never did. You never did. But no. now I believe. I, now I feel that you would.
4: Maybe I don't know. Maybe, we'll try Maybe. tomorrow. The show. Uh, we'll see.
0: <laughs> Maybe we'll pee. I'll, I'll drink a
4: lot of water before.
0: Uh, did we ever see each other? Well, we did a scene called Naked for Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which Dave didn't do back then. Now no. Dave would do naked, uh, but the four of us were naked. Yeah. And I remember- And here's
4: the true story. I was At the time, I was married to a woman, not my second wife, but my first wife. Uh, oh, I used to have this great nickname for her. Um, uh, oh no, I'm in court with her. I can't say it now, um, but uh, that's it. Uh, that was her nickname. Uh, But when we were together, she told me that if I ever took my shirt off, my career would be over.
0: Oh! Other than that, it was a great relationship. I remember doing Naked for Jesus, and I was the sheriff. And I remember, uh, that's the harp, we're gonna finish, this is the last question. And I remember that I had to wear a badge, but I didn't know where to wear the badge. And then Bruce McCullough, the little prick, took the badge and put it into my skin. (laughs) <laughs> True story.
3: <laughs> Little prick indeed. Yes.
0: You know when you're naked on stage, Michael, I don't know if you know this. You, well, at least it happened for me. I, you, uh, I started thinking I'm going to pee. I'm going to pee right here on stage. <laughs> Thank you very much. That's a question and answer. <laughs> Dave Foley. Michael
3: Showalter. Thank you. Kevin McDonald. We have Woo! a few more
0: things. I swear to God that it's
4: over. What? But it's not do over. I, it's do, not I but I, do I stay? Do I stay? Yeah, I might okay. Stay. Okay. But I, should I leave?
0: Uh, you can stay and watch. Okay. <laughs>
3: All right. My favorite part about that, because people are gonna hear this on a podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Is that you guys sat at the like the interview desk for about 15 seconds.
0: <laughs> That's like, good. Like it's
3: there, but then you guys were just like facing off in front of the audience.
0: That's great, that's good announcing that you told the uh, podcast on Instagram. See, yeah. see, uh, cool. could you give a little visual?
4: Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, we have a wonderful musical guest coming out, but can I, uh, can I tell one Kids in the Hall story? I promise it's long and boring. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, oh <laughs> here we go. Um, it takes place in 1991. Uh, this is another true story. Uh, the Kids in the Hall were about to start their second season uh, on HBO. It was August, and HBO were flying us to Miami to shoot promos for the upcoming season. Uh, It was only gonna take a few hours, uh, one afternoon, but HBO was flying us out for three days so we could have a vacation. Um, I love showbiz, it's wonderful. Now, my girlfriend at the time, I won't use her real name, Dave, uh, let's just call her TRX-17, (laughs) had just put up with me for the eighth time. Um, We'd always get together. She would take another college course, meet another guy who reminded her of Aladdin's Sane era David Bowie. (laughs) (laughs) Right, (laughs) Daryl? And leave leave me again. Uh, Until the spring when school would end, and then uh, TRX-17 and I would get back together. Um, uh, So I was a sad single guy um, going to Miami for three days. Now, I had never, ever had a one-night stand in my life. Uh, Never. Uh, No one night stands, uh, zero one night stands. Um, um, uh, Joke coming. (laughs) But I bought a nightstand once. (laughs) (laughs) So I swore to the kids and (laughs) all that in Miami I would have my first one night stand. Uh, Ever. Ever. Yay, screw you, TRX 17, I'll show you. We flew to Miami and we shot the promo on the first day. It was on a beautiful beach in Miami. Uh, The director was a six-fingered Vietnam vet um, who kept saying things like this to the crew. They always complained of him. He kept saying, moving these lights to the position I want isn't hard. Losing four fingers in Vietnam is. Or um, going across town to get my favorite sushi isn't hard. Losing four fingers in Vietnam is. Or finding me a six-fingered whore while buying me sushi isn't hard. And so on, and so on. <laughs> uh, in those days, HBO really just uh, showed boxing and movies. They only had two shows, really, more or less. The in Hall and Arliss. <laughs> Arliss starring Robert Wool. Um, they shot the promo for Arliss first. It was Robert Wool's idea. Um, uh, what this visionary came up with was uh, he, wo- he was walking down the beach with six bikini-clad women. He walks to the camera and says, watch Arliss. <laughs> and that's it. Uh, That was the idea. They do one take, the six-finger director yells, cut, and they both go crazy high-fiving each other and screaming, we got it! We got it! Uh, So much so to this day that whenever the kids in the hall bomb, we walk off stage and say to each other, we got it! We got it! (laughs) Uh, Either that or it was your fault, doofus mugger. (laughs) Okay, so Robert Wall's finished. It's our turn. Uh, What's our idea for the the promo? How do we follow Robert and the Bikini Women? Uh, Well, we are on the beach in uh, the hot, hot day in business suits. We walk out in the middle of the ocean, all holding potatoes. <laughs> of course. When the camera is ready, uh, we get under the water. They yell action. We rise up from the water and walk towards the beach where the camera is. When we get there, we walk up to the camera holding our potatoes. And Bruce McCullough says, we will plant these potatoes, and one day they will grow into a sketch comedy show. <laughs> water them well and watch it. Cut! No high fives. No director. He's in the limo with Robert Wall and the bikini women. We got it! That night, Dave Scott and I are in a limo ready for a night on the town in Miami. I remind them of my vow that tonight will be the night I have my first one-night stand. We are going to meet women and one of them will fall in one-night stand love with me. We go to a popular nightclub restaurant. It doesn't go well with the first woman we meet. The waitress kicks us out for being too loud. We get back in the limo. We have it all night. I remind Scott and Dave, I will meet a woman tonight and we'll have my one night stand. We meet some fans and invite them in the car. They are of course three nerdy guys with shag haircuts, glasses, (laughs) and won't stop talking about how Roy Scheider should have played Dick Tracy instead of Warren Beatty. But tonight is the night, I'm gonna have my one night stand. One of the Dick Tracy nerds tells us that Grace Jones is playing at a gay bar, an hour outside of Miami. We like it. So we go to an isolated gay bar that has nothing else around it to see gay icon, Grace Jones. Tonight is the night, I'm gonna have my one night stand. We go to the gay bar, it can fit 500 people. There are 1,200 people inside. 1,200 gay people. 1,200 men. Tonight's the night. I'm gonna have my one night stand. We go inside. It is so crowded and crazy with ecstasy fueled energy. I quickly lose Scott and Dave. I am alone in a sea of men. Very close to me in that crowded section of the crowded bar that I am in is a very large and hairy man. He smiles. I politely smile back. I drunkenly mutter something about having a one night stand tonight. He smiles. The show starts. Grace Jones comes out on stage but wanting to be disguised is cleverly wearing a Grace Jones mask. She dances around for a few minutes then takes off her mask. The crowd goes crazy like they didn't know that the person with the Grace Jones body on stage at a Grace Jones concert was Grace Jones and she she took the Grace Jones mask off. She starts her first song. Suddenly, the huge hairy man next to me bends over and grabs my crotch. I immediately flash back to my Cub Scout days, when my Scoutmaster would always say, when attacked by a grizzly bear, play dead. (laughs) I stiffen up and I play dead. I stand perfectly still for an hour and a half. He keeps holding on to my crotch for an hour and a half. At one point, the grizzly bear and I are both singing along to Slave to the Rhythm while he's grabbing my crotch which he does for an hour and a half. The concert ends, we nod at each other and I leave. I run off to find Scott and Dave. Dave, of course, has met a woman at a Grace Jones concert in a Miami gay bar. They ask how my one night stand is going. I note a trace of sarcasm. I tell them what happened. They both go, we got it. That's the end of my story. Thank you very much. Thank you. And now, I am very, very excited uh, to introduce uh, a musical guest. He's going to do a song. I'm going to ask him a couple questions, and he'll do another song. Ladies and gentlemen, from one of my favorite bands ever, uh, The Long Winters, please, spin a big hand for John Roderick. Yeah.
1: on stage, there aren't like three of my heroes of comedy sitting sort of behind me. It's cool though. Yeah, I don't really care about his work. (laughs) Um, I've never understood this exactly. This happens a lot where a comedy show will have a musical guest at the end whose work is not at all funny. My work is miserable. I'm I'm a Uh, as a songwriter, pretty sad, pathetic whiner. (laughs) So that's where my music's coming from. (laughs) Also, I'm playing the ukulele. I only know one strum pattern, so I'm playing two songs. They're going to sound identical. (laughs) back to each other just hoping to even the odds all your diplomas looking down on all my neglected songs you said gather me raindrops there's silver in them can't you see a reminder to keep looking out storm coming to me when you leave. We went in alone but I was glad to see it play out. And I guess we were wrong. We didn't have a way back down. So we wait and see till the mysteries play holding on just singing our same song you think your desires are just nature so I must be challenging God your laws are a grayscale rainbow it turns out only you saw well I love how you sleep like a pharaoh knowing your honesty brings you love well I sleep like a hunted dog knowing my luck is all used up well we went in alone glad to see it play out and I guess we were wrong we didn't have a way back down and so we wait and see
0: Do if I ask you a few questions before you do your second song?
1: No, I'd love it. <laughs> I'd, I'd love you. it. Thank you very much.
0: Uh, I, I, I love you.
1: That's sweet of you. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, how did you end up in Anchorage, Alaska? So I grew up in Anchorage. My father went there to make his fame and fortune uh, in the, well, I guess, 1970 uh, when you could still go to Alaska and it was still the Wild West. He went up there and started a bank which was immediately uh, stolen from him by, as he described it, the unscrupulous other members of the board. (laughs) uh, Whereupon he started a university, Ah. which dissolved. (laughs) I still have lots of uh, certificates from it, if anyone wants a degree. (laughs) And then eventually, like everyone in Alaska, he got a government job. Uh, Because the government is the other than gold mining, it's the sole employer there. And th- th- so
0: he, he ended uh, happy in life. He was good, and uh, he's good and happy.
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, he's dead now, and he was happy the happy. whole way. <laughs> he, I mean, he he, uh, he made like a giant divot in the world that everyone around him didn't necessarily have to be happy, but he was happy the yeah. entire way. Just coasted in for a landing. You're coming to Anchorage. That's right. <laughs>
0: uh, now I read in Wikipedia that you were a sluice box uh, mucker. What's that?
1: Uh, it was a high school job. I worked at a gold mine up above the Arctic Circle, and uh, I was a kid. I didn't have whatever the skills are. You need to be a gold miner, which are none. You don't need any skills. I mean, <laughs> But I was too young to, have to get that promotion, so my job was to just um, use a hose and a shovel to get the muck out of the bulldozers. And that was, a whole, that was enough for a whole summer job, just, just taking muck out of things. Was it dangerous? No. It was dangerous because there were no, well, there were no women within 500 miles. <laughs> and the, you know, typically the men in the early 80s working in a gold mine are not like the gentlest people. Right. And I was a dewy 13 year old. So I kept moving, <laughs> right? As long as you keep moving, right? You can never- You gotta move when you're dewy. Yeah, that's right.
0: Yeah. It was it really high paying for a high school student?
1: They paid me in gold. Oh, wow.
0: Do you have, did you
1: keep something? Do you have any gold? I have a bi- a lot of gold. <gasps> That's neat. Yeah. I mean, d- you, none of you know where I live, but I mean, <laughs> I was paid in gold dust, which at the time was like remarkably, it was like $140 an ounce or something. It was a lot of money. Yeah. Now it's $1,500.
0: Your album w- 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 pretend when, fall to prete- uh, when yeah. I pretend to fall, it's like one of my favorite yeah. albums. Thank Can you tell me you. a story about it? Tell th- 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 any story, the songwriting, the
1: recording, the how it got together. Uh, th- th- tell me? Uh, so I uh, want to know the secret of it. So, so the whole time, all through my 20s, right? I was a rock musician and I was a, I was a failure. I, nobody I mean 75, 100 people would come to our shows on a Friday night and we felt like we were kings of the world. Uh, and then I got to be 30, and everybody I knew that made music felt like we're 30 now, we missed our shot, you can't make it when you're 30. Uh, right? In rock and roll, right? 30. Go get a job at Amazon was the mentality. Uh, I didn't have any other talents, and, uh, or abilities at all. And the band Harvey Danger, some of you may remember, Harvey Danger had a big MTV I do, I'm not lying. And uh, they hired me. Um, to be in their band. Uh, also, again, not because I... W- yeah, I know, that is hilarious. Who laughed? <laughs> That's not a laugh line. A member of Harvey D. Um, they hired me to... Then I was an incompetent player, but they, uh, they wanted somebody that could talk to the lead singer. <laughs> no one could talk to him. He had become very difficult to talk to. But so they felt like I could talk, and I could. And so I was in the employ of this band for a year, just to have, just so the le- lead singer had someone who would get his weird references to things. <laughs> and I took that money that I made, and I made my first album at the age of thirty-three.
0: Oh, was that the first album?
1: No, the album you're asking about was the second album. Oh but right. I couldn't have made that if I hadn't made the first. I album. see. I see. Yeah. So then the, that was the record where I really felt like I really arrived. You know,
0: it's sort of a seminal independent uh, indie rock classic, wouldn't you say?
1: <laughs> well, say it. Uh, I it you know uh, it's a seminal record in the sense that it never sold the number of copies that it should have. Right. Been. Well, Right. Th- it's the undiscovered classic. Brain Candy cost 8 million gross 3 million. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean everybody here has got melancholy and the infinite sadness. Yes. Yeah. They should have spent that money on the long winter. That's side. right. Uh, two questions. Don't give me the sign yet. I got.
0: Uh, you ran for a political office in um, in Seattle. Tell me about that. That's uh, very interesting to me.
1: Last year, I ran for the Seattle City Council. And the Seattle City Council. It, Seattle is one of those towns that's really r- has a strong city council, uh, and uh, it the job pays like hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. It's a serious like uh, lawmaking body, and I ran for it, mistakenly thinking that the problem with politics was that there weren't enough outsiders in politics. So yeah, this guy can't wait to get <laughs> out of here. He's our friend. Peace out. No, he's the one guy that owns the w- long winner's record. See you later. <laughs> um, and, and, and we'll lock him out. Anyway, so I decided I would run for political office, and my speech, you know, at first when you're running for office, you have to go to all these these uh, political meetings, right? It's, and Seattle is a completely Democratic city like San Francisco. There is no Republican Party. So you have to go to one after another Democratic Party meeting, and every one I would stand up and say, What this town needs is an outsider. <laughs> and there would be 500 committed Democratic activists in the room, and uh, you could hear a pin drop. And I never really got it. <laughs> That that wasn't the story that they weren't going to get on board with my idea that it was the Democratic Party that was the problem. Anyway, so I I, uh, I received 30,000 votes. That's uh, pretty good. It was all right. It was all right. That's How much did you need to win? Uh, I would have needed twice that um, to, to make it through the primary. So I lost in the primary. But I think I made a real lasting impact. Are you going to run again? I hated it. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, One last question,
0: though. uh, Related, I ask uh, every podcast, I ask one person this question. What's your take on Donald Trump?
1: Well, I'm from Alaska, and I went back to my high school reunion this summer before the election, and a lot of my Alaskan pals were all just like, Trump, it's a no-brainer. They were all just full-on Trump. And I realized that they all thought, I knew these people since they were kids. They all thought that they were the fun ones, you know? Like we liberals are the uptight, nagging, no fun crybabies. And they're the beer drinking, (laughs) snowmobile wrecking, (laughs) rock and roll listening like American fun people. And um, so actually, I wrote a song that I'm going to play now. Uh, in the voice of a Trump supporter.
0: Uh. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. John Roderick.
1: (laughs) So, trigger alert. (laughs) You're not going to like anything about this. (laughs) And it's in the exact same strum pattern as the other song. (laughs) No, 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 get your ass back in here. We're all waiting for you. Yeah. Take your seat. All right. (laughs) Here we go. Well, I watch the news, and I know what's what. I go to rock and worship and I pray. And I see the whole world falling apart. And I thank God I live in the USA. Well, I might not have a PhD. But those so-called elites aren't so smart. It's their do-what-you-want lack of morality that's tearing our great country apart well i'm no gun nut but i protect my family and i'm not racist but my heritage makes me proud my wife's no feminist but she knows how to treat her man and we want someone to make america great again let's say you start a small cake-baking business, and you worked hard to build what you've got, and then you're taxed and fined and told you've got to serve every L G Q T B and whatnot. Well, we used to have a sense of humor about things, and everyone knew how to take a joke, back when the sticks and the stones may break your bones. The bones hardly ever got broke Well, I'm no gun nut But I protect my family And I'm not racist But my heritage makes me proud My wife's no feminist But she knows how to treat her man And we want someone To make America great again Now don't try to tell me I'm a bigot I've got a good friend at work who's black, and I love baseball. And half of them are kind of Mexican, but they're the good ones. Yeah, those are the good ones. I know America was built on immigration, but my own great-grandfather came here from Sweden back when the land was still wide open. And the immigrants were mostly European. Now, all the laws have gone so-called politically correct, where well, less qualified applicants get all the jobs. It was traditional values of what built this country. Without help from you, East Coast college snobs, I ain't no gun nut, but I protect my family. And I'm not racist, but my heritage makes me proud. My wife's no feminist, but she knows how to treat her man. And we want someone to make America great again.
0: the podcast keep applauding thank you very much i'd like to thank john roderick i'd like to thank craig northy what's up i'd like to thank so much michael showalter for being the announcer thank you so much i'd like to thank my best friend and lover david foley i'd like to thank forever dog the producers of this and i'd like to thank sketchfest thank you you can go now thank you
4: This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Joe Cilio, Alex Ramsey, and Brett Boehm. For more podcasts, please visit foreverdogproductions.com.